Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to see I'm joined by the Daily Records and the Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football writer Scott McDermott. We'll look back over uh, Sunday's 1-0 Scottish Cup semi-final defeat to Celtic which now ends any hope uh, Rangers have of getting their hands on silverware this season. It really just completes what's been a miserable campaign all round. Um, Andy, let's start with you. First of all, I mean, is it a knee-jerk reaction to, to the result? But you've written on the on the website today that Andrew Dixon, uh, the finance chief, is set to go. Um, so he's going to follow Stuart Robertson, who's been replaced by uh, James Bisgrove, chief executive of it. Ross Wilson went to Nottingham Forest. Uh, obviously, Douglas Park stepped down. Uh, the other day, Cremo Holland as well, Academy Chief, um, also heading uh, heading for the exit door. First of all, Andrew Dixon, let's start with him. That's the most recent one. You've written about it today. You expect him to go. Yeah, um, it's, not, it's not quite done yet. Obviously, there's a process to go through, a sort of HR process. Um, so the two parties are, are still in the negotiations, still in talks, if you want to put it that way. So, um, but we are expecting uh, Andrew Dixon to leave. He's obviously been at the club for a long, long time. He's he's a great survivor. I think he's, you know, he's been uh, started at the club and David Murray started tenure at the club, and he's he's served everyone since, including like the Leesdales, um, Mike Ashley's time, and then on to the, the, the current regime. So he's been there for throughout. Uh, you know, the highs and the lows of the last sort of three decades. So, um, yeah, I think John Bennett is obviously coming in. Uh, he's now the man in charge, having taken over with Douglas Park. Yeah, it sounds to me like he just wants to have a fresh up. I mean, I think the club, you know, it's made some huge strides forward uh, since those sort of dark days, you know, of a, of a decade ago. Um, but a staleness has undoubtedly crept in, both in the, the dressing room and, and, you know, Elsewhere throughout the club, and I think John Bennett's now decided that he wants to, you know, have a press approach. You know, obviously Stuart Robertson going. It's a big opportunity for for James Bisgrove to come in and put his stamp in things. We're, we're hoping to have the chance to to meet with uh, him and, and speak to him and see what his plans are in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, there's obviously uh, you know Taylor Hall going as well. He, there's been huge changes in development in the. Youth Academy over the last uh, few years, but again, it looks like they're looking for a fresh take in that. And then uh, now, even you know, the administration side with Andrew Dixon moving on. So, you know, it, you know, as a knee jerk reaction, you know, I, I don't think you can say that. I think when you see how badly this season has gone from you know, you know, pretty much from. That that you know, it obviously started coming off the rails. Um, that game at Parkhead back in September. Never since then, it's, it's just been a dis- one disaster after another. So, um, you know, obviously Michael Beals, you know, you know, he's won the games he should have won, but in the games, uh, maybe you know, people are looking to see if he can make a dent on, on Celtic and their sort of dominant position. You know, Rangers just haven't been able to do it. I mean, the games have been certainly tighter. I don't think you can deny that. And you look at Sunday's game. You know, just a shambles. Uh, the goal that they conceded, just a shambles from start to finish. So, you know, there's certainly there's there's room for vast room for improvement in that. And you think, well, if they could have just had a wee bit uh, cut out those so the sloppy the mistakes that were so sloppy. You know, they had the chances if, if fashion Sakal takes that, then it could have been a different result. But that's you know, 
those are fine margins, but they're the margins that are the, the hardest to cross because I think it comes down, it's, it's all about mentality. And a, a team that's got an ironclad belief in itself doesn't concede that goal that, that Celtic will score through Jota and take the chance that fashions a car passed up, that he's passed up, you know, in similar circumstances to the one that the Saturday missed um, in, in February's uh, the Vibe play final. So, um, you know, for me, this these are these are I think this you would see as positive changes for Rangers as long as the people coming in are, are can can take the club on from from where it is. But you know, we we need to see how how that plays out in the next few months. I mean, Scott Andy touched on you know the dark days of a decade ago. I don't think we've seen such you know massive change at the one time since the Craig White. It was the night of the long nights when he got rid of Martin Bain and Paul Murray and. Alistair Johnson and Donald McIntyre, I think there was a load of them went, you know, the ones who had kind of tried to stop him getting in. Um, I mean, do you think there's any danger here of throwing the baby out with the bathwater or um, do you think these all these sort of departures have been coming and change has been needed for some time? I think they have been coming, Gav. I'd be amazed if this was an idiot reaction and these decisions had only been made in recent recent weeks um, I think there's actually an argument to say these changes probably could and should have been made a year ago No, and these guys that you're talking about could have been out on a high No, even though they lost the Europa League final that run to Seville and then winning the, the Scottish Cup um, it would have been a far more far more kind of pleasant time to go for them and I think no, hindsight's a great thing, but when you look back at last season, you look at the makeup of this squad now, you look at where this team is, no changes on and off the park probably should have happened a year ago. So I don't think it's needed yet. I think it's probably been in the, the pipeline. I agree with Andy. I think it is required no, a fresh start for everybody. I think for a Rangers fans' point of view, they should be fairly encouraged because from the outside looking in, it look, certainly looks as if Michael Beale as a manager and obviously John Bennett coming in as a you know, as a new chairman, James Bisgrove, a new chief exec, it would seem like, like those three are all on the same page now in terms of what's required and what changes are, are needed. Um, I do think guys like, you know, guys like Andrew Dixon and Craig Mulholland no, as good a job as they might have done, it is time to freshen it up and, and move them on. No, every club, no, however big it is, has to evolve like that. And no, Andy mentioned the word stale. I think it has got a bit stale kind of behind the scenes. And with Michael Beale coming in with fresh ideas, he's obviously hoping for kind of fresh investment in the team in the summer. No, from a new chairman, a new chief exec, it does feel like a kind of new dawn, but as I say, it's just a pity that it's happening at the end of a, you know, a really poor season. And as I say, with hindsight, it probably should have happened a year ago. If you think That's about, thing. Oh, sorry, Gavin, if you if you think about the way that when Gerard came in, and obviously the club was on its you know on its knees, hadn't you know had the the development, the, the pro, hadn't made the progress off the pitch as much as on the pitch at that time, um, that it should have done. Uh, you saw some pretty, you know, just even around the training ground, the, the all the little things that go into making a football club sort of forward thinking and, and and progressive, and 
um, you know, like whether it be improvements to the gym, improvements to the analysis staff and uh, the systems that they're, that they're allowed to follow. You look at even wee things just around about the stadium, the tunnel area, they, they, they've, you know, they've given that a spruce up, they, they, changed, they, they, they gave the, the dressing room a, a refurb, all those things helped to sort of push the club forward at that period. But I just think, you know, I agree with Scott, over the last 18 months, that sort of progress has just sort of tailed off a bit. And I think this is what they'll be looking forward. They need to start drive standards again. They need to start pushing the club on it the way the way the Celtic have been recently. I mean, you know, Celtic end of the year, the benchmark for this team. And you, you look at you know the, the things that they're doing on and off the pitch. They seem to be you know again having had their own sort of lull for a, for a year or so. They're, they're starting to build again, and I think that's what Rangers really need to be to be making sure they keep pace as much on the pitch as we, off it as well. But that's the thing, Andy. I mean, we're, we're talking about all these various positions, and it's all fair enough, you know. You're saying, you know, hopefully they'll bring people in. But I mean, you look back to when Rangers won that league under Stephen Gerrard, and many, many people across the city of Celtic left, you know, Peter Lawwell, I think Lee Congerton might have left, and Neil Lennon left, you know, and everyone was talking about that, you know, it's, it's caving in. You know, Dominic Mackay came in, but didn't last long, you know, the following season. They hired Ange Postacoglu who's clearly made the big difference. Now, all these other wee changes are fine, but the bottom line is, if you look at the game on Sunday, you know, it's yet another defeat to Celtic. If they can't, that that's where, you know, they need to make the big changes. It has to be, I mean, if your budget is going to be less than Celtic, there's only so much that you can do. That, there's only so much impact that these wee changes can make. I see we and yeah, as I said, there's loads of room for improvement with Rangers and, and lots of areas. And I think that'll be the thing that if Rangers fans are looking for encouragement, that should be it. You know, at the end of the day, things have reached a very low ebb at the moment. So, you know, you think about the, the amount of cash that should be coming back in in terms of the budget, you know, there's you know, what are we talking, you know, hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand pounds a week in terms of wages coming back in that, you know, just from the guys that'll be leaving that mm-hmm. The majority of whom aren't making a contribution, so things in that sense should only be going up. But there comes a point where you know if the squads are evenly matched, then that's when other parts of the club do start giving you those you know one percents that all add up. You know, I mean, and you know when things are tight, it's the one percents, these fractional gains that are are going to be important if you want to get get your noses in front. At the minute, Rangers are well behind. One percent don't matter. What they need is players coming in making 5, 10, 15% improvements in this squad. This is, this is the state they're in. That's what I'm saying, Scott. I mean, is Andrew Dixon, who's an administrator and has been at the club for however many years, I mean, is it going to make I mean, how big a difference? Is it, is it, you know, sometimes is it just change, you know, is it change for change state a lot of time to appease people? Oh, I, get, I get what you're saying. I mean, winning is everything. Yeah. All that matters to Rangers fans is the team winning on the pitch. We get yeah. that, but well, from from Michael Beale's point of view, John Bennett's point of view, they want no, they want the structure of the club to be right, no, to, to try and progress it and, and move it forward. So I don't think it's changed for the for the sake of change. I mean everybody at Rangers, certainly Beale would, would admit the number one number one priority has to be to get a winning team back in the park, winning trophies again. You're right in that sense. No, when you're winning, nobody talks about the stuff behind the scenes, no, nobody bothers about what what Andrew Dixon's doing or Craig Malone or, or whatever. So yeah. it's winning is everything. But I think if with Michael Beale coming in, 
No, although he's been there before, it's a kind of fresh set of eyes. As I say, a new chairman, a new chief exec. I think even the manager would want everything behind him, no, right and structured properly for him to go and do his do his job the way the way he wants to. So, I think these changes will be a positive. Um, I think he'll be in favour of them. I think he'll have been part of certainly some of them, if not all of them, in terms of how the the kind of no, the background is going to look at Rangers, but of course, as number one priority will be this summer. He spoke about it no enough times now that that's all that matters to him is getting this squad, uh, getting this squad right in the summer for, for next season. So, in terms of the actual game on Sunday and the one 0 defeat, close again, similar story, I suppose, to the game at Celtic Park, where you know the narrative was Rangers are getting closer. Sakala misses the chance, as you mentioned. Um, how close? I mean, how close are they? Do you think, or is it is is the gap further away than than, than the scoreline suggests? I think certainly there's been you know if you're talking about progress made from say September's game, you know where there was a chasm between the teams at that day. You know certainly things have got a lot closer since then, but the biggest hurdle to leap in these games is one from being behind to going to going ahead and I, I still think that's a, a fairly substantial leap that this Rangers team needs to make and I, I suppose the thing that you know is difficult to judge is that you know okay there's one game left and uh, being at Ibrox there's going to be a, you know, a, an away there's, there's an away fan blockade so there'll only be the Rangers support there so that should give them you know a, a boost but you know the, the team for next year. It's going to look totally different. So it's hard to judge in terms of what sort of position Rangers are going to be in next year. And you know, you look at Celtic. Celtic had a pretty similar situation the year that Rangers won the title. They had to rip up the squad and start again. And it's been remarkable the way that Ange Postecoglou has come in and you know sort of overhauled that squad and got them fit and firing and gelled together so quickly. And this is really what Michael Beale's going to have to do. I mean, he's talking about you know potentially twelve signings coming in. I think all 12 need to come in and you know make an impact. It needs to be a similar sort of success rate that uh, Ange Postecoglou had. I mean, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. I can't recall, you know, let's say, I'm not sure how many signings uh, Celtic have made since Postecoglou came in, but, you know, there can't be that many, you know, failed signings. I mean, maybe, you know, you're talking about James McCarthy hasn't really featured that much. What, um, is it a what? Is it? Trying to think what which of the Edigucci, sorry, has, has been sent back on loan. So, you know, I'm thinking there's, there's, everyone else has come in and, and contributed, and that's what Rangers are really going to need this summer. They're going to need to have guys coming in, playing a part, you know, and being effective. They, they can't afford to have another summer like they had last year where you get, you know, millions of pounds worth of talent supposedly sitting in the bench contributing absolutely hee haw. So, you know, as a big, it's a huge summer, and it's you know, if Rangers are close the gap, it has to be a flawless summer. I think. I feel, I feel for Michael Beale, Gav, in the sense that I think he has got them closer to Celtic in terms of performance levels. I think if you look at the second half on Sunday, performance-wise, Rangers were pretty good. They had long spells in that half, long spells in the game, where. They were on top and they had Celtic pinned back. But where I feel for him is that he's had to get into a game on Sunday with a front three, if you like, who I don't think want to be at the club next season. 
-hmm. And that's aside for any other players that might not want to be there. But in Morelos, Kent and Tillman, yeah. certainly Morelos and Kent's case, I think we can say now that they certainly don't want to be there and, and probably won't be. In Tillman's case, I know Michael Bale has spoken about and previously about how much he'd like to keep him. It's only a personal opinion, but I just get the feel from Tillman and from everything around that at the moment that he probably doesn't want to be at Rangers next season and therefore he won't be. And that probably ties in with Kieran Dowell coming in as well from Norwich, who I think will be a similar type of player. So to me, Michael Bales is his hands kind of tied behind his back at times. I think he has got them close. But he's only been able to take them to take them so far. The problem, the problem for Bill is that going into next season, because he's not been able to lay a glove on Celtic in these yeah. games, yeah. that would have bought him a bit of time. But he's now going to get into the start of next season. I think there would have been pressure on him anyway. But I think there's now huge pressure on. The signings, as Andy says, because they need to, he has to have an extremely high success rate. Yeah. Also, it has to hit the ground running next season. No, first Old Firm game, no, there can be no slip-ups. Yeah. Even though these last couple of Firm games, certainly in the league, but obviously two massive cup games, mm. no, it mattered if he could have if he could have got one of them and got that first win under his belt or won yeah. the cup or, or whatever. Yeah. I would have just bought him a bit of time and a bit of you know, goodwill for, for supporters and people on the outside. That's a big problem. He's not been able to get a tune out of these players yeah. who might want away to a level where they could actually go and go and beat beat Celtic. Um, I think right. that's a problem for him. So how much emphasis do you put on the last Old Firm game, bearing in mind of all the all the games? That he would play against Celtic as the one that means the least. I mean, would a win in that game change anything psychologically, or because you know, I mean, I mean, if he loses that, would, would that add to the pressure or not really? Well, he's probably in a bit of a kind of no win because if he beats Celtic yeah. in that game, people yeah. will say like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Celtic have rested a few players. There's no Carter Vickers. Yeah. Or no fans. So he's in a bit of hiding it to nothing. Um, whereas if he loses it, like you say, it just adds to that adds to that pressure that he's under and you no know, more flack comes his way. I mean, you're right, it's the least important of all the old firm games that he's had, but I still think it would help him if he won it, get into the get into the summer and get into get into next season. Um just gonna say Scott, just put it this way, but I mean, you know, they've gone a year. Six games without winning against Celtic. If that becomes seven and goes into next season, yeah, that, that just you know the, the pressure, as you say, just builds and builds. So regardless yeah. of whether or not they take any credit for winning, at very least, if it stops that sort of run and, and puts to bed that sort of narrative, then you know that's got to be the only sort of positive you can take from it. And he also needs to win it just for his own personal point of view to get that first win over Celtic. I mean, every. Every kind of ex-player, manager that you speak to, that you know, they all say, but speaking to Kenny Miller last week doing his column, he's saying no Rangers manager wants to go five, six games having no beat Celtic. It doesn't matter what the importance of the game, you just have to get that monkey off your off your back. So if nothing else, you want to do that. 
there can't be many Rangers teams in history that have sort of went through this period. I, mean, I, I spent the last couple of weeks speaking to a lot of guys that played in the nineties. Obviously, you know, like Alexa Shooter McCall, David Robertson, we've done pieces with them. Neither of them could sort of remember going any sort of length of time without an old firm victory. You know, maybe max two games, a win and a draw or something like that. You know. Did Alan Cleese not go seven? Yeah, them? I think you know that has got to be the only period, and and you know, you know, before say Brendan Rogers' time. I mean, that can be the only period where where Rangers have suffered this kind of you know lull when it comes to these games. So, you know, the the, the fact that Rangers are in this again it is, it is very unusual that, that, that this length of time. You know, Rangers teams have generally always been. You know, competitive one way or another against Celtic, even if they, they can get a draw. But the fact that this team is, you know, it's because I think Scott's right, it's becoming a, a monkey in their back. They need to they need to sort of shake it off before the new season starts. And that at least gives them a wee bit of freshness going into the new campaign. Yeah. I mean, I noticed Charlie Nicholas was saying in his column earlier in the week that he, he was saying that he didn't think Rangers had to spend fortunes. He, he said six quality players, and he said ten million pounds. He thought could do it. Um, do you think it will take more more than that? I mean, if you look at Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers, I think Ange Postecoglou was talking about them the other day. And that was twelve million pounds, I think, for the pair of them, wasn't it? So that, that, that home with me, Gav. I seen, seen that piece of paper the other day. I mean. Just because you kind of forget, I mean, you know that that's the money that they paid, but yeah. when I've seen it written down again, you think, no, you get what you pay for. You so I, was, I was the exact same, and this is the thing, and I'm not writing them off before a ball's kicked, but, you know, there, there are some fans who, when they see Kieran Dowell, and we'll come back to him later, and they will ask you a bit more about him, but, I mean, you do see a wee bit of scepticism, say, well, you know, it's a free try. It's another sort of free transit. It's sort of Todd Cantwell, that kind of market. And, you know, we talk about Morgan, guys like Morgan Whitaker. You know, they're all of a sort of similar sort of mould, aren't they? Um, and that's, that sort of market has been, you know, very fruitful for Rangers. And, you know, you think back to the, you know, the, the team that won the, the league, you know, there's a fair few guys in that, but they were effectively all free transfers. So, you know, yeah, yeah well, we know Joe Rebo, but yeah, we, we know Joe Rebo, you know, Glenn Kamara is 50 grand or 100 grand, whatever figure you want to put up, but still very cheap. You know, you know, you know, Ryan yeah. Jack being a free, a free agent has been, has been, you know, uh, but they, all, but they also went to spend seven million, you know, they spent yeah, seven they spent seven million on Ryan Kent. You know, I mean, if we're talking about, and Michael Beale called it the biggest rebuild in a number of years, you, you can't go and get a dozen players like that. Surely that's what we're saying. You need to go and get a six million Jota and a six million Cameron Carter. You know, you're going to have to spend money. You know, Morelos is going, well, what was he worth? We're saying he was worth 60 million sort of three years ago, whatever it was that Leo was going to pay for him. Now you're going to have to replace him. I mean, you're not, you can't replace him. Like with another free transfer, at some point you're going to have to pay game-changing money. That's why. That's why I said last week you know, when we spoke about the potential Jack Butland signing that mm. you no, know, undoubtedly there'll be keepers out there that Rangers would have looked at. You no, know, it would, would cost them money. But I think Michael Beale will now be weighing all that up with his budget, mm-hmm. and if he can get somebody like Jack Butland, like Celtic did with Joe Hart, you no, know, and get him into 
that that then gives Bill more cash to spend in other yeah. areas of the pitch. And it normally is. I know. I know. We're speaking about Carter Vickers, and listen, Rangers have had success with Connor Goldson when they paid money. Oh, what was it? Three three million for for Goldson at the time. Yeah, around that. So obviously you need you, know, you need a proper centre half in any team, but I think Bill will know. I mean, listen, I've just said it, but he started a game on Sunday, a front three players mm-hmm. that don't want to be there and who have been underperforming. He spoke, he's spoken now the last three old firm games about how their biggest failing has been you no, know, no taking, no taking their chances when they come up. It was the same again on on Sunday, so it wouldn't surprise me if. He's trying to be, he's trying to, not, not clever, but he's trying to be kind of economical in terms of, I think he'll want money to spend in attacking areas of the yeah. pitch. And no. listen, he's going, two, he's going to need two strikers for a start. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, I don't think three transfers, no, no or Bosman's are, are going to cut it. We've spoken about Carter Vickers and Jota. That's what you get for, yeah. for 12 million. And they're no top, top end players, but yeah. for Scottish football, and that money, that's what you get. Carter Vickers has been man of the match. Yeah. Several firm games. No. Yeah. Um Jota scores the winner yeah. the other day. That's what yeah. you And he has. And has. I mean, that was his fourth goal yeah. then. Just, you know. Exactly. Even Q- you don't you don't tend to get guys who are going to get you 30 goals a season on three chances because, no, because, no. because they're in hot demand and, and clubs will, will move them well before they get to the end of their contract. So exactly. So I mean that's you know I think Scott's absolutely right. If there's going to be money spent, it's going to be at the front end of the pitch. Yeah. You, you yeah. can pick up guys, centre backs, midfielders, goalkeepers yeah. on Bosman's. But in terms of straight, I mean you know obviously they brought in Antonio Cholak last year and you know, he scored goals. But uh, you know there, there's an example of a of a free transfer striker. Okay, he does the job in, in some games, but in terms of the biggest games, he's not he's not come close to cut it. So Rangers are going to. They're going to have to spend money. That's yeah. the one area that's let them down. As you see, you talk about the Sakalamus. You know, I mean, as you said earlier, you pay for what you get for. You know, I mean, Sakala. You know, again, that free transfer effectively coming yeah. in and just yeah. just not good enough. I mean, that's along the short. Yeah, I think a lot of fans right now have reached a sort of breaking point. With a lot of these players now, you're, you're seeing a lot of them are just yeah. quite happily right the vast majority of the squad off. I think he's one of them now. You know, I think a lot of fans, you know, appreciated his enthusiasm, appreciated his effort levels. You know, he, he did score and, and create things and, and, and against certain opponents. But, you know, he's had two golden chances against Celtic, two opportunities that would have, could have totally changed the narrative of Rangers' season and he's failed to take them. And, you know, when, you know, I spoke to Barry Ferguson this week for his call and, you know, he's... He could, he could barely name a Rangers striker that he played with that wouldn't have taken those chances. So I think that just shows you where, where the club are at now. They, they really need to start thinking about not just bringing in guys that are get a character to play for the club, but they need to have the quality that's going to take on a Celtic team that's you know looks you know no sign of slowing down at the moment. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it starts with a front three who don't want to be there. The two two forward players he throws on Sakala and Matondo. I think most people accept are they good enough? And the sad thing is, probably the one striker who is there with real quality when he's 100% fit is Roof, but he's but he's unavailable. And now, 
Well, his his future's going to be going to be up there. I mean, Andy's saying about Sakala no taking the chances. Roof came back. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Roof came back from the Aberdeen semi-final, came back for injury and goes straight in and take takes a chance as a big impact in the game. And again, much did Rangers pay for Roof? Three, four million. Yeah. He's played 150 minutes, not even 150 minutes this season. And you, and you can imagine he'll be on a hefty wage, just like a Hollander has been. You know, oh. imagine like a Stephen Davis, you know, even at his age, would probably still be in a, a reasonably you know, high wage. So this is all money that Rangers just aren't getting value back for. So on that note then, um, of the players who are under contract, I mean, I see a lot of fans even talking about Ben Davies. I mean, one year in, saying they would sell him to raise money. I mean, I mean that would be a biggie. I mean, that would be. A, I mean, Ruth is, is is maybe an easy decision because, as you say, you know, if you if you can sell him and get any sort of fee, if he's not contributing, somebody like Ben Davies would be a would be a, a bit of a surprise. Do you think there's any chance of him going this summer? And and who of the others would you consider selling? Who could you raise money for? Well, put put it this way, but Ben Davies, Gav, I think Michael Beale will be looking at it, and this is just my opinion. I, I think it will. I don't think you'll see Ben Davies or John Suter as first choice centre back next season. I expect him to sign a centre back to play with Connor Goldson. Now, with Hollander going, and it doesn't look as if Leon King is going to have much a, a future there, whether he goes in loan or they, or they sell him. Mm-hmm. That, that would give you four centre backs: Goldson, a new signing, Davies, and Suter, and that that might be okay in terms of Davies. I think he's done okay. We've spoken about him on here before. I think he plays better with Goldson beside him. Mm-hmm. But he's not a commanding centre-back for me. He doesn't have enough kind of personality about him to play for Rangers. That's just me looking on from the outside. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is that I think if a championship club in England or elsewhere came in for Ben Davies in the summer, and even if Rangers were to make... No, a million pound loss, a million and a half loss for what they paid for him. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Beale would, would seriously consider it to, to bring funds in and, and get new players in. Because I don't let's be honest, I don't think he's I don't think he's really hit the heights for I don't think any Rangers fan out there's thinking, let's go into next season, try to win the title with, with Connor Golson and Ben Davies as your as your back to. Okay, Scott, you did right on Sunday, Kieran Dowell will sign a three year deal at Rangers. Andy you spoke to somebody today for tomorrow's paper, didn't you? Who knows him uh, well enough? I'm not asking you to give us everything you said. Go we'll make sure we buy the paper for that. But just give us a flavour of what you think Keenan Dowell might bring next season. Yeah, I've speaking to to Michael Ball, obviously former Rangers left back, um, mm-hmm. former Everton uh, defender as well. Um, Keenan Dowell obviously came through the books at Everton. Yeah, um, through the ranks at Everton. Sorry, and. Um, is you know uh, sort of just the pieces it was Michael Ball sort of talking about just the sort of lack of opportunity he got at Everton um, but he's obviously went to, to Norwich and has, has, has done very well um, you know, he's sort of saying that he, the sort of main thing I took from it was just the sort of intelligence of the player I, I must have I haven't seen much of myself but the, the way that Michael Ball was talking about is just like his ability to find space he's um, he, he sort of described said he, he wouldn't be a, a Ryan Kent type. He's not the type of guy that's going to dribble past players, but it's the ability to find space, pick up 
you know, pockets, you know, get shots away or, or bring other players into the game. So, I mean, it sort of made me think it's, you know, somebody much in the, the sort of Tillman mould or perhaps even a, an Arfield mould, just that ability just to, to pop up in places where opposition teams aren't going to hurt, uh, be, aren't going to be expecting them. So, um, you know, it, it sounds like a, you know, an exciting prospect. I mean, I think the fact that uh, Norwich are keen to keep him, if the sounds of things, but he's obviously decided he wants to go elsewhere. Um, if you think about the impact that Todd Cantwell's moved, uh, made since he came up here, when you know, he was pretty much out of the picture at Norwich. So perhaps if you're thinking, well, that's a guy who's a regular starter down there, perhaps is he going to be able to come in and, and you know, perhaps, uh, you know, go further than what Cantwell's done so far. The fact that the two of them will know each other, should have a bit of a relationship, you know, should should be promising for the club as well. So um sounds like a, an interesting one. Um, I know there's a lot of fans that are sort of a bit sceptical about his injury record. He's not played for a couple of months and I don't think he's, you know, it's been maybe three or four years now since he's played over 30 games in a season. There's been a couple of times, he'd, I think he's got 25, 26 appearances this year. So, mm-hmm. um Again, that, that those are the concerns. But at the end of the day, if you know, if good players uh, playing at their peak and with no injury uh, trouble going on, you know, I don't think the likes of Rangers are going to be in the conversation. It's neither the reason why Rangers are able to pick these guys up. It's just the hope they need to hope they keep keep them as fit as long as possible. Who, who do you think are the guys Bill wants to keep then, Andy? That first team squad. I did a piece this week just sort of looking through that. I mean, in terms of the goalkeepers, I mean, I don't really expect uh, Robbie McCrory to stay. I think, obviously, it's uh, colleague Scott Burns um, wrote a story this week saying that uh, John McLaughlin has been told he can go. Uh, obviously, Al McGregor looks like he's going to be certainly perhaps heading to retirement. Um, in terms of you know the defence, I'd expect Tavernier, expect Goldson, probably Yilmaz, just on the basis that he's not I think when he's played, he, he's looked encouraging. I mean, it just for some reason hasn't been able to play. I, th- I think perhaps likes Abadisic. You think he's only got a year left. If you're going to, you know, recoup anything, does he have to go this summer? You could say five. The three you've mentioned: the defence plus Cantwell and Raskin. Can you? No. Yeah, I think Colat. I, I would think Colat would be kept oh, as a okay. backup. Just, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Lundstrom will stay. Yeah, as well. I don't think they can afford to enter every member of the squad. So there's going to be have to be guys that get question marks over them that you know will end up staying. Obviously, but I mean, I think like Sal Lundstrom again, eighteen months, uh, a year left in his deal. Sorry, just, so surely it's, it's either a new deal, is it not an extension or sell then with him? It's I, got to be I, one or the other. Right, I think Lundstrom. I think there's every chance Lundstrom will sign a new deal. You think? I think I think Bale will want to keep him. And I mean, you can't get rid of everybody. No, and um, to be and to be fair to him on Sunday, I mean, he's had a lot of stuff this season, but he played well. On Sunday. He did yeah. play well. I thought I thought Lundstrom, I thought Goldson, Lundstrom, Cantwell, and actually Arfield when he came on were Rangers' best best players. And Arfield's obviously interesting because I don't know whether that gives Bill any more food for thought if he's not decided already whether he can stay for another year or so. I think we touched on it last week. Whether he's experienced in the dressing room might just be enough to to keep him there. Um, obviously, Raskin's going to be there. Um, he was obviously partly at fault for the goal on the goal on Sunday, but he still has looked apart. Um, apart from that, you can see obviously Kamara going question marks over Barisic and Yilmaz and Davies. Um, obviously John Suter will be there with Connor Goldson 
think Andy's right. The goalkeeping department will be completely revamped. Um, Cholak will be there because he's under contract. But again, I think if somebody was to come in for him, Rangers would look at it just because, as we've touched on before, I don't think he's the type of striker that Michael Beale's looking for. Um, Ryan Jack, I mean, the fact, I mean, I think you know, Beale's on record saying he wants to keep him, but again, that's just these injury issues come in, just I think may, you know, force, force the issue with the fact he's, he's out of contract, you know, for, for a guy who's undoubtedly as influential as he is when, when he's playing, um, but he just, doesn't have that durability to sort of play week in, week out when, when they need them to. So, again, that's another one. You know, I mean, I mean there really could be forget changes Tom this summer. I mean, it could be a really could be a revolving door at Ibrox this summer. You're forgetting about Tom Lawrence as well, who everybody yeah. always forgets about. I mean, who started the season really well. Yeah. And Bill has spoken about him in kind of glowing terms as well, if he can get back to 100% fit. So, I mean, that's right away. You've got Lawrence and... And, and Kieran Dowell, like, like two new midfielders, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to look at the likes of Davis, Kamara, Jack, possibly going our field as well. So Andy's right, I mean, it's going to be massive, massive changes in the summer. 